Hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Let's do some pod crashing. Episode number 278 is with Simon Kent Fung from the podcast Dear Alana. Simon, you got to tell me how you landed on this story because, I mean, you know, I run into people every day. I don't know what I want to do a podcast on, but you see something like this, Dear Alana, and it's like, Simon, where were you to even get in touch with this? Yeah, so I had read about Dear Alana. Well, sorry backtracking i uh dear alana is about a young woman named alana chen who w- went missing and passed away um unfortunately by suicide in 2019 in boulder colorado and she um she had a lot of um really interesting things going on about her she was this kind of a plus student um she also had an interesting dream of wanting to become a nun since she was a young teenager um, but she had a secret um a secret about her sexuality and that um ended up um, leading her to uh, pursue conversion therapy also in secret behind her family's back. Um, And when she passed, I read about her story in the news and I remember I was sitting in a coffee shop and I was just shaking and crying because I recognized so many of the parallels Mm -hmm. to my own own story. Um, I had pursued conversion therapy throughout my twenties in my attempt to become a Catholic priest and um, just saw a lot of commonality in you know, at least the way it was reported um, in her story. And so I kind of got my wits about me and um, started looking for her family on Facebook to see if I could reach out in any way, Um, found her mother and sent her a note just to share a little bit of my own background and and offer any support and um, wasn't expecting a reply at all. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually, a few months later, we got on, on the phone to talk for the first time. And it was then that I learn more about her daughter, Alana. And that began a kind of texting and phone call relationship for like the next year and a half. Um, and at that point I wasn't, there was no podcast in the picture at all. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a podcaster and um, that was not a thought in my head, but fast forward to, you know, um, two years ago, I was lying in bed awake at night and it was 2 AM and Alana's story just kept on haunting. I felt like there was so much more to learn about her and Mm -hmm. um, ended up having this idea to maybe explore that and document that um, in audio. And so that began the the journey of, you know, obviously asking her family if that would be okay. And they were enthusiastically supportive of that. And they ended up opening their, their doors to me and um, eventually also uh, gave me all access to all of her 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 journals all the journals Alana left mm, behind you are so uh, lucky she, yeah. oh my god I love looking at other people's handwriting oh my god yeah yeah it's it's really intimate and um, obviously a tremendous responsibility to to you know accurately portray um and to be sensitive about that yeah let me only only because i want to think like a listener when we talk about conversion I'm, I'm i'm sure some of my listeners may think oh they're, they're going from sinner to to preacher or to uh to to a, a rabbi to to some mm-hmm. sort of leader conversion is sexuality i think if i've got it nailed right we we have a lot of that or had a lot of that here in north carolina it, they think they can, they can change somebody and their sexuality yeah so conversion therapy is a a term that was kind of coined um i think in the late 80s early 90s to describe practices that have existed for quite a long time really you know um very very early in in the history and development of psychology and that um 
a lot of people took Freud psychoanalytic ideas and you know which which is the idea that we are who we are because of of our mm-hmm. of relationship to our parents and um and it, they kind of ran with that even though Freud himself didn't think it was possible to change someone's sexual orientation um, a lot of people felt like they could and so the idea is you know um in in a lot of the theories and the ways that it's still practiced today it's it's to try to it's to put the put the blame or the origin of of sexual orientation and development on um on these childhood experiences and in particular traumas that people may have had with their parent or with sometimes mm-hmm. with peers and to try to use that to explain why people are gay and 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 I can go into more of the theory but essentially that that informed a lot of the um, the therapeutic advice that Alana and myself, you know, w- that we sought um, in our in our quest to follow our dreams. Um, and I think this is, you know, the podcast seems to show the side of it, which looks a lot more like talk therapy. Because when people hear conversion therapy, they often think about the ways it's depicted in Hollywood, mm-hmm. which can be very dramatized and be this sort of, you know, fundamentalist like jesus camp kind of thing but um it doesn't have to look that way and 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 i think that's one of the reasons why it um you know why it persists and and one of the reasons why a lot of people seek it out for themselves you know what's really interesting about this simon is that as i listen to the podcast because i really do while i'm driving uh, to work and things and that is is that i feel like that this right here is your calling in the way of you made it to the church it's it's, you just don't have the the walls of the church around you you've got the community around you and you're reaching people that are sitting silently in their bedrooms listening to this podcast going oh my god this is about me yeah i i (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of yeah it's been amazing to hear the feedback the messages i haven't been able to keep up with them because a lot of people resonate with with the you know the story and um and as you mentioned it is like i i did want to create it first and foremost for for those people like myself and alana you know who often feel so uh this this real deep inner conflict and in, in wanting to be um faithful to you know these what seem like conflicting parts of our identities and um and i think a lot of people can relate to to you know obviously that very specific struggle but more broadly i think what's been interesting is a lot of people have have written to me who haven't shared these experiences and have found you know in kind of the vulnerability that we share in the podcast um, just a very like human story of coming of age of wanting to to you know find belonging and the lengths that we might go to to achieve that mm. I would love to watch the numbers that you're going to be getting on this worldwide only because I've talked with uh, authors as well as actors and and people who are openly LGBTQ and and they're in countries such as uh, Italy Greece India it's illegal for them to do what th- their lifestyle to, to have to make that choice to say I'm going to be me and and a podcast like mm. this says you can be you yes yes a Alana Chen did have a rough time. So do others. But but you could you now that you're aware of it, grow, grow and become a stronger self. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's been amazing is is it has you know there has been a global support. I've had people reaching out to me from 
you know, uh, some, some, obviously some of the Western countries like mm -hmm. New Zealand and Australia, but, but, um, you know, from the, from the charts, we, we do see that we are impacting other places where, where, yeah, like you mentioned, it, it can still be illegal, um, to, um, you know, live one's life as a, as a gay person. And, um, and I think what's been, you know, heartening is, yeah, certainly the response, as you mentioned, like we've we, we've had over a million downloads. We we hit number one in the first week, and um, it's been incredible to see that response in the charts. But some of the human stories that people are writing to me on it mm -hmm. about are are really heartbreaking. You know, people who are very much um, still in situations where they can't disclose this information, um, where they really can relate to that that struggle of trying to fit into their communities um and also you know interestingly people who've written to thank me for for not in a way um you know pursuing that life that i might have tried to pursue which is to maybe try to change uh, my orientation and maybe get into a a relationship or a marriage you know with somebody that i wasn't compatible with and that um you know, unfortunately, some people are dealing with the, those kinds of situations right now, and they're in their marriages, and and so yeah, it's been really, um, it's been really eye-opening to hear from a lot of different people. I, I did you keep a journal while you were doing this? And the only because I'm I'm a journal journal writer. I've I've got daily writing all the way back 29 years. And and when when I jump into something as oh, serious wow. as this, you did you keep a journal so that you could document your path or create breadcrumbs? I did. I did. I've also been a diligent journal, you know, keeper. As was Alana. Alana was so prolific. She left behind twenty journals, mm. um, and you know, over twelve hundred pages. And so, yeah, like um, I think, yeah, very much in that same vein. I kept a journal um, and sort of documented the ups and downs and the uncertainties throughout making this project because I, I originally. I my original plan when I started was to not be in it. I mean, in the sense that I really wanted to just tell Alana's story from a really, you know, sort of third party detached yeah, kind yeah, of perspective. Yeah. And the more I was, you know, making episodes and, and starting to get feedback, it was really, it became really clear. People were really wanted to know, like, who, who are you? Like, why should we listen to you? Why should we trust you? Um, what do you have to do with this story? And and I just kind of, kind of got, you know, successively more drawn into it. And um, as you'll hear, I end up really sharing um, pretty, pretty, you know, pretty, uh, in a way, things that were formerly very shame. Uh, I felt really ashamed of in my life, or really embarrassed about, mm -hmm. um, because I, I really hadn't shared this kind of path that I had been on with very many people in my life. I had kept it pretty secret because it just felt so embarrassing and, and, and like something that I, um, you know, was sort of in the past. And so, yeah, a lot of this project is, has been to me revisiting my past and, and re, re, looking at it with with a new lens you know one of the one of the things that that I, I i see in this story is i believe that alana uh, was doing exactly what i try to do all the time dear future reader she mm. she knew you were coming along she 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 couldn't physically produce it in that moment when that ink was hitting that page but dear future reader and hey it's simon <sighs> oh my gosh that that just sent chills up my spine i 
you know, I think one of the challenges when I, I was given the opportunity to to read her journals, I, there was a real ethical dilemma because, you know, more often than not, we're writing journals in private, right, for ourselves, very much like not expecting anyone to read them, and um, and so we are pretty unfiltered, and you know, we'll we'll be processing all of our thoughts, and and it can be, you know, we can talk about really sensitive things, and and that certainly was the case in in Alana's journals, but what gave me a little bit of, um, you know, uh, some, you know, some, some amount of comfort was reading several passages that she had written about how a, she felt so unseen throughout her life. Mm -hmm. She felt like nobody really knew her, knew her and B she hoped that, you know, she had this sort of passing thought that maybe one day someone would find them, would find these journals. And, um, and when I read that, I, I felt like, oh my goodness, like, I, I wonder if Alana also did want to, it seemed like she did also want deeply to be seen and to be known and, um, and she wanted her voice to be heard. Was there a guilt trip with her sneaking out to church? Because I snuck out to church as a kid. I didn't want my parents to know I was doing it. I didn't mm. want anybody to know that I was sneaking out to go to church every Sunday morning. And 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 even today, I go, why did I keep that hidden away from my family? I, I could have brought something back mm -hmm. to them. Yeah, yeah. Alana, Alana was similar to you. She, she, she. Um, her family. Well, I'm not sure what your background was, but but her family was not particularly religious. Right, um, right. But she discovered uh, the church in her early teenage years and um, ended up sneaking out behind her family's back, telling her telling her parents she was going to her friend's house to study, <laughs> but instead uh, taking the bus to go to church um, daily. And um, and yeah, there was this went on for a period when, you know, until her conscience caught up to her and she came clean to her to her mother about what she was doing. And, you know, so, yeah, she she very much um did that and i think it really the story really illuminates how um you know how especially at that at that age like we are look, looking for places and communities that help us feel you know like safe and and, mm -hmm. and give us a sense of identity and help us you know find some amount of certainty in the world and um and i think alana found that um early on you know what's really interesting about this only because i i come from that that spiritual world and i'm thank god in heaven i get to be a part mm -hmm. of it and and that is is that she wanted to be a priest and and i'm going oh my god i i would have never thought a and priest and that's strange i mean strange but yeah. very inspiring Absolutely. Yeah. Alana wanted, um, Alana wanted to be a nun, um, since she was a young teenager and her, um, she writes a lot about just that, you know, having that kind of connection to God, serving God in that way, um, and sort of devoting her life to, to service in, in that way. She had a deep love of the, you know, the, the, the poor and the unhoused. She would, mm -hmm. um, often go under the bridge in, in Boulder and, 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 um, you know, serve lunch and, 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 you know, read, read and, and just hang out with the, the people that were homeless on the streets, you know, in her community. And so she really had a heart for that kind of service and, and that kind of life. And, um, and that's something that, um, is certainly unusual and, and pretty rare, but I think shows you just kind of how, how exceptional she was as a person. 
Let me ask you kind of a personal question because I don't want to I don't want to have a spoiler alert or anything like that for people to tune into this podcast. But when she fell into her deepest, darkest moments, was it an opportunity to feel unnumb? And and then what happened is what happened. Yeah. Um, so you, you said unnumb, like, Un, like to, unnumb, to, to, because, to numb. Yeah, because a lot of people say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so depressed. I'm so numb. Well, numb is still a feeling. But it's, but we have to we have to try to mm. deaden that numbness with a feeling so we can go, OK, now I, di- I identify the feeling. Yeah, I mean, for those who, who you know, will listen, there's certainly some um, some trigger warnings around you know, the topic of self-harm and the, and the topic of um, suicidality because yes, Alana really um, struggled with depression and anxiety and, and, and thoughts in those directions. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that this is a really serious, you know, mental health matter. And, and, and I think that there are, you know, there are certainly many resources for those who are considering this to 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 look at, especially the national hotline nine eight eight. That's it. Um, but it is it is unfortunately something a lot of a lot of us struggle with, and and I, and we talk about that. Um, and and I think one of the things that is unique about Dear Alana is that we really see that unfolding over time, and um, you know, in in her own words. Writing and podcasting. I'm going to openly admit this. Service therapy for me. What about you, dude? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't, you know, I, obviously I wanted to tell, tell this story, very specific story, but in the process, as you, as you say, like there was something that was also happening in, in my own life with just revisiting my past and, and looking at how, you know, some, a lot of these stories happening to other people really give us a lot of empathy into not only their lives, but our own, right? We see our own lives with a different perspective. It's like, oh yeah, oh my God, that's what I was going through too. And like, um, you know, she's putting words to things that I I, I didn't realize I was feeling the same way until she articulated in that way. And I think, you know, in that same way that Alana was doing that, um, you know, after her death in many ways um, through making this show, my hope is that the podcast can be that, be that help also to other people do you still remember the texture of the paper because i'm a paper whore i have that paper has to be the right thing and <laughs> when you go in there and you're reading somebody else's handwriting oh my god the depth oh and gosh. the pressure that you put into that page oh my goodness absolutely yeah alana alana had different kinds of journal um papers but yes i remember the I remember the the thinness of the paper. I remember, you know, the density of the writing and and the ink and and the you know the cr- things that were crossed out. It's so vivid and visual and um, and hopefully, you know, we 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 can capture some of that in in um, in, in the story as as you know you hear it. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do because there I can hear your emotion. I can feel your emotion. And and dude, once again, mm. dear future reader, this is this is one of those moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's, it's incredible to be able to, to, you know, get, get so intimate, you know, with, with a person and, um, and really get into inner, inner parts of our lives, right. That we often don't talk about and share with the world. Um, and, and yeah, dear Alana is one of those stories where I think everyone listening will be stretched to, um, 
yeah, engage with some of those inner parts of our lives. Oh my God, I want to talk to you all day. You got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Oh my goodness, thank you. I'd love to, I'd love to do that. Well, you be brilliant today, okay, sir? Thank you so much, Arrow. Have a, you too. You too. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you.